Let me just quickly dive into the, the scriptures I want to read today. And uh, we are on week seven of a series we've been calling Elijah. From the life of Elijah, this is week seven. And last week, uh, Blesh preached about uh, uh, the topic was uh, challenge accepted where, uh, you know, he talked about and we all studied together about the experience that Elijah had on Mount Carmel where he had a fight with uh, uh, the false prophets. But today I want to take your attention towards another portion and it's from 1 Kings chapter 19 and I want to title my message today as Get Up and Eat. Get Up and Eat. How many of you are hungry right now? Ooh, I'm just, I don't know, supernaturally hungry as I mentioned that a title of my sermon. Get up and eat. And I love in God's scriptures how many times it talks about eating. Y'all with me? How many of you, you're not happy? No, nobody's, what's happened? Still waking up after that powerful time of worship? Come on, y'all. <laughs> you know, in through Bible, we see portions and proportions when God's scripture talks to us about eating. And here in the story of Elijah, we come across this portion being talked a lot. When Elijah was running away, God's miraculous provisions were sent to Elijah through the ravens. And we see in Ween, Elijah was all by himself, but God decided to provide him from the kitchens of heaven, Uber Eats, Raven Eats, whatever, and God provided for him. And in through the scriptures today, in 1 Kings chapter 19, we come into the portion where Elijah is running again. There's something about this guy. In one scripture, he does the great miraculous, but another scripture just after that, right after that, he is running away. You know, I mean, in life, we oftentimes, we get victories, great victories, and God gives us great victories, right? Like Friday, before you clocked out, it was wonderful. Everybody was appreciating you. But Monday, you clock in and everything is bad, like, Something happened over weekend. That's the life of Elijah. Just the scripture before, he was doing the miraculous like he is shutting the heavens and killing the false prophets and God is just working supernaturally through this guy. But in the next scripture, he's running away. He is scared. And that is where I want to take your attention to today. It's okay to sometimes understand you don't control all of it and you are tired. Are you with me? Sometimes in a Christian faith like ours, we tend to show everybody that I am strong and I have everything put together. Praise the Lord. Oh, I am blessed. I am wonderful and I am great. But sometimes we need to understand that we must be honest about our feelings. The story of Elijah in through the scriptures of 1 Kings 19 talks to us about Elijah going through a cycle or a season of depression. And I'm sure everybody in this room, at one point at least, we have gone through that or we are in that or we might go through that season. 
of depression. Elijah did great accolades, performed great miracles. But now he's in a season of running away. He's in a season of depression. Let's read 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 5. Then he lay down under the bush, fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. Now this is what I want to mention here. Your depression is real, right? And sometimes people tell that, hey, let's pray about it. Of course, we, I understand the power of prayer, but I also understand the power of clinical counseling. When we approach people, like for example, I work as a chaplain and I come across situation that might, you know, take me through a season that I was not prepared for when I, I'm not used to when I first started working as a chaplain and I was not used to seeing body fluids and accidents and, you know, all these cases that, uh, and, and I had to go through a season where I had to sit down with my clinical supervisor who was a counselor, just sit down and talk. And I, I, I felt so blessed being in that company. Are you with me today? I felt so blessed being in that company, just, just talking to them. And I want our church to understand that depression is real. It can happen with anybody. It doesn't matter how big title you hold, might be the pastor or might be a lay member. Anybody who it is. When things doesn't go our way, we tend to sit and isolate ourselves. And that's the story of Elijah. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 3 onwards, I'm going to read it for you. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the desert, he came to a broom tree, sat under it, and prayed he might die. Oh, hold on. He might die. Like you killed, you slaughtered so many people and now you want to die? And I'm sure there are some families or members seated right now. You might have had this thought creep into your mind in this season. God, I'm done with this. I am done with this. I can't deal with this anymore. I just want to die. I just want to end here. Look at the story of Elijah. So many victories and miracles. But now he's at a point so low in his spirit that his spirit is crushed where he says, I, I can't do it anymore. I just want to die. Listen, then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. I want to talk to you about four things you do when you are depressed. Four things. And there might be people here who might do something extra. You know that when you're depressed, when you're down, you might do something different. But there are four things that uh, um, when the psychologist would say, and also the four things here that the book of, uh, you know, 1 Kings from 19, the life of Elijah talks to us about. Number one, you wear yourself out. You get to a point where you do so many things. And sometimes you do so many things just to make sure that somebody will recognize and somebody will appreciate you. We live in a world today that we are constantly wanting to get appreciation by everyone. Oh, I did that and they did not even appreciate me. 
did so much for that family. And they didn't even look at me. They didn't even say, thank you. We go into a season of depression. We try to do so much. And you see Elijah here. He wears himself out. He runs uh, uh, to Beersheba. And, 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 and you see he, he is doing things. And in the conversations you would see that. He is just wearing himself out. Trying to accomplish things. Trying to do things out of the normal. Just to, just to see that maybe the nation of Israel will appreciate what I'm doing here. Maybe the nation will stand up with me. And I won't be alone anymore. Will I help them worship the real God? I made them understand the real God on the Mount Carmel. I killed all of the prophets. But still, I am alone. You see this? And I see a lot of Christians too. You do one thing after the other. Just wanting to see that somebody will recognize and appreciate you. No. Can I tell you something? Do things to honor God and not people. Do things where you receive the appreciation by heaven. And if people appreciate you, okay, receive it. But take the appreciation of heaven. Consider that better than anything else. Are you with me, church? In a Christian world, we see a lot of people who grow up, grow up with an attitude of entitlement that, you know, I just want to be appreciated here because I did so and so. He wears himself out, verse 3. Second thing that we see here is, and this is with people who go through a season of depression, what they do is they shut people out. Where do I see? Where do we see that in the portion here? We see that in verse 3. He said, when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there and he went on a day's journey into the desert, into the wilderness. He left his servant there. I've seen people when they go in a cycle or season of depression, they don't want to do any business with anybody. They just want to be alone. Leave me alone right now. Oh, come on. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to deal with anybody. I just want to be by myself. Praise the Lord. Elijah leaves his friend, his companion, his servant, who was with him all the journey that he made, all the miracles he was performing. And I would say, according to historians, a prophet would have a servant, an associate, who understands the operation of a prophetic world. Listen to this. When Elijah chose Elisha to be his you know, successor, Elisha had to walk with Elijah in order to understand the school of the prophets. And they don't just choose anybody to be their associate. They trained them to be one of their own. Elijah had trained a servant who helped him in the course of his journey in ministry and everything. But he came to a point in depression where he like, you know what? You wait here. I got to go. I just want to be my, myself. Is there anybody here in this room who is saying, you know what? I don't think I can do this anymore. I just want to be all alone. And especially during the time of COVID, we have come across a lot of people who have said so. I can't do this anymore. 
I just want to be alone. I just want to be alone. That's the story of Elijah. In a season where he slaughtered people. And then he's in a season where he just wants to be all by him. This is what something people do when they are depressed. They just want to be by themselves. Isolate themselves from everybody else. Third thing that we look into is from verse 4. It says, um, let me read, it for, uh, read that for you. It says, while he himself went a day's journey into the desert, he came to a broom tree, sat under it, and prayed that he might die. And he said, I have had enough, Lord. When you sit by yourself, you isolate yourself from people who can encourage you, who can lift your spirits up. You sit by yourself in a state of depression. Guess what you're thinking? You're thinking to just end your life. And Elijah, in through the portion here, we see that he's just focusing on the negative. And that's what happens. Praise the Lord. The enemy is always trying to find out people who are singled out. Because he cannot attack a group. He's just trying to find out that one sheep that just singled itself out. The beauty of coming to a body of Christ or being associated to a body of Christ is to show them that we together function as a family. As a family. The moment we singled out, we become a target of the enemy. And that is why I highly encourage people, stay in the group. Praise the Lord. You know, I remember uh, in my childhood when they used to take us to picnics and excursions and camping outside in the forest, they would always say, stay in the group. Why? Because if you're singled out, oh boy, you'll be lost. Stay in the group. Can I tell you, there is something supernatural about staying and being connected to a group that God has placed us with. Because that's what the scripture says, when somebody is down, the other person will encourage them. When one brother or sister or family is going through a season or a season of depression, another group will stand up to say, brother, you don't have to do this by yourself. I am here for you. And I pray our churches will rise up. To just say that, hey, you know what? You don't have to do this by yourself. We are here with you. you you've, been, you've been doing life by yourself, but we are here with you. I pray our ministry will grow up to come around single moms who are doing life hard. And we will come around as a church to say, mom, you don't have to do this by yourself. We as a church, we want to come around you. We want to support you. We want to help you. When you're weak, the church stands together. Hallelujah. Brother, sister, don't single yourself out. Don't be isolated. The beauty of being connected, being in the wine. Praise the Lord. Elijah, you know, when he's singled out, what does he do? He's thinking all negative thoughts. He's thinking everything that happened now in his life. He's just thinking negative. He's just focusing on the negative in verse 4. 
And he, all he wanted to do is just, I just want to die. I can't do this anymore. I just want to die. I just want to die. Fourth thing, verse 5. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. One of the things that will happen in our life and often the enemy will try to and make sure that this happens in our life is that we forget God. We forget, we forget God. In a season of depression, in a cycle of depression, when you are in that place, isolated yourself, not hearing any other voice at all. You have isolated yourself. Do not want to be connected to the ministry. Do not want to hear your pastor's voice. Do not want to hear your shepherd's voice. Do not want to hear your brother's voice, your sister's voice. You just want to be by yourself. You are having suicidal thoughts, brother, sister. And then the enemy will take you to a place where he will keep you shut up and completely ignore the word of God. In other words, he will make you forget God. And I pray, I pray. When some of our kids go back to schools, places where God is taking y'all, I pray that you won't just isolate yourself because dad and mom are not with you. But I pray that you will connect yourself to a local church in that area. A local life-giving life group in that area. Where you come across them, sit down, talk and break bread together, denoting to the devil that, hey, you know what? I am not isolated. I am with the body of Christ. Praise the Lord. The power in breaking bread together as the body of Christ. Elijah was in that season of depression. He wanted to die. Isolated himself. Wanted to die. Slowly getting to a place where he's actually forgetting God. Forgetting all, his God's, all of God's benefits. Can I tell you something? And I highly encourage, I, I, I hope we don't come to a state where we completely have to shut our doors again and I hope it doesn't happen. But even when through last year, when we had to, and we never shut our doors actually, we were there people coming here for worship. But listen, even when we had to go completely online, I always said one thing, do not just watch the service, participate in the service, even from our homes. I know it's totally hard because I tried doing it many times, joining with my family. But one of the things I make sure was, you know, we were in a place without any distraction. We streamed it on our TV as much as we could so that there's no other distraction on our phones or social media, whatever. The power of staying connected to a group. And the enemy will always want to keep you isolated. If he can divide you, he will win. If he can divide husband and wife, he will win. Are you with me? If he divides the family, the children, parents and children, he's winning them. Stay connected. Stay connected. The story of Elijah should come as a reminder just because of a miracle that happens in the past does not mean that your life is all secure. There are going to be seasons of depression that comes into our life, creeps into our life, and we have to stay away from it. Praise the Lord. But listen, there are 
every, every problem, you know, we have some medical people here. When we have some sort of sickness, the doctors give us the prescription, God's prescription for depression. Number one, eat and rest. God's, I love that. <laughs> I love, anybody else who is loving God's prescription for depression, eat and rest. Whoa, I love it. You got to do nothing, God? Really? Find me a good Airbnb. With lunch and dinner complimentary added. <laughs> and that's what you see in the story here. Man, I tell you, Elijah is so spoiled. Every time this dude is depressed, God says, hey, you know what? My boy is depressed. Ravens, go right now. Another season, he's depressed and God says, hey, you know what? Angel, please go right now. Wake him up. He can't sleep too long. Wake him up right now and give him the meal, the best breakfast heaven has made. Bread baked in the coals of heaven was provided for Elijah. In other words, God's remedy, God's prescription there was eat and rest. Let me talk to my church about resting. We all love to work. There's a lot of workaholics here. I love to work. Back, right, do projects and do things. We all love to work. But there's time in our life where we must accept to rest, to retreat. And this is not a man-made thing. God of the Bible, in the very beginning of the creation, He created and He rested. We just are in a cycle of working and creating and working and creating. Brother, you are breaking down. Sister, soon you will break down. The way God has made us, is that we need to pause, to rest. Praise the Lord. That's how God has made us. The, yeah, you do a lot of things. You're doing things to get maybe the appreciation of people, maybe uh, to be noticed by people, maybe because you feel rejection. You're doing things, trying to accomplish a lot. But hey, listen, God wants you to rest. God wants you to rest. And oftentimes I've seen and noticed in through God's scriptures, he would take his saints to a season of wilderness, which is in other words, a season of God's rest. Your wilderness may not look as fancy as many other people, but your wilderness may be a place of God's rest in your life. Praise the Lord. So be thankful for the wilderness God is taking us because that could be the place of God resting you. Praise the Lord. That could be the place where God is giving us a peaceful rest. That's the story that you see. God's prescription was eat and rest. 1 Kings 19 verse 5 all at once, an angel of the Lord touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around 
And there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. Second thing that I'll mention here is be honest with your feelings. When you are tired, you must say you are tired. Are you with me? When you are tired and dip, you must acknowledge what you're going through. We can't just live in a place where everything is so good and wonderful. When we are going through that season, acknowledge and be honest about your feelings. Praise the Lord. And we see in through God's scriptures, God will come and ask, um, Adam, where are you? I'm hiding. Why? Because I have fallen short of the glory. I can come in thy countenance. Praise the Lord. You know what? In, 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 our, in, our, in our Christian world today, I agree to the word of faith which we all exercise, a prophetic utterance and declaration into our circumstances. But it also comes with we acknowledging what we are going through. We acknowledging the season and the cycle we are at. If I am tired, I must tell, I am tired. I feel tired right now. I don't think I can handle it. That's where the grace of God abounds in all grace steps into our life. I know you are tired, but I want to strengthen you up. Lord, I am weak. I am weak. I am just weak. I'm, I, I can't. I don't have the resources. I can't go that mile extra. I did all I could, but I don't think I can do it. I don't have the resource. I don't have the finances for it. I don't think I can make it. I don't think I can do this project. God, I'm tired. I am weak. I'm sick. Listen, when we are honest about our feelings, that's where you're allowing the presence of God to just come into our life. Now, if you say that I can do all things by just my strength, you don't need God. You need God when you have weaknesses in your life. Are you with me? In our failures, He strengthens us. And we don't have to be ashamed of that. Listen, when you read that scriptures, you would see, when the angel of the Lord came and visited Elijah, what did the angel say? Man, how, how you know, like, I, you, you made so many, like, he didn't condemn Elijah. You did so many things, Elijah. You are depressed. How shameful. The angel did not come and, you know, um, talk bad about or talk negative about, about Elijah. The angel just came, stood by him, woke him up, gave him the meal. Are you with me? When you and me as individuals, we see people who are broken, what do we do? We try to keep pinpointing on their mistakes again and again. We're like, how did you do this? Why did you do this? Because you did it, you are in this season. You will always be in this season. No! Look at what the angel did. All the angel did was just come, wake him up, 
and give him something to eat. Praise the Lord. Our job, oftentimes when we see people go through the season, and I pray that when we come around those influences around our life, when they are going through a season of depression, I pray that you will provide them the bread. You will provide them the bread. The living bread. Where Jesus Christ is. For Elijah, this season was very challenging. Like everybody else, he didn't want to be here. But listen, when God's angel steps in, first, I mentioned eat and rest. Second thing, be honest about your feelings. And the third thing that I talk to you about is, Elijah heard the voice of God. He ran away from the noises of the camp. He ran away from the noises of his people. He just wanted to be alone. And the angel created a circumstance there where he heard the voice of God. And in before those scriptures, you would see in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9 to 10. Let me read that. He says, there he went into a cave. He ran away for 40 days and 40 nights after he ate. And somehow he got that supernatural strength after eating the food of heaven. And he's just running away for 40 days and 40 nights. Finally he reaches a place in the Mount Horeb. And then he hides in a cave. Mount Horeb was also known as a mountain where the Ten Commandments was given. In other words, historians or theologians would say it denotes the house of God where the lost were preached. The Mount Horeb, the house of God. And here is Elijah running away from a season of depression into the place that the angel is sending him. He's hiding himself in a cave in Mount Horeb, the house of God, the house of worship. And then 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11 and 12 says, The Lord said, Come out of your cave. Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Listen, y'all. These are very, like, fired up <laughs> preaching points for any church, a charismatic church like ours, you know, a Christian church like ours. You're like, or when we sing songs, thunders. Oh, what are graphic pictures, right? Like mountains are trembling when the Lord arises and everybody claps their hands and cheers for that. The fire of God when we preach and when we sing, everybody likes it because these are all Christian terms that we have used in our sermons and our preachings and our singings. 
When we sing, there's going to be a mighty roar. And then it comes with an earthquake. The foundations of the demons are going to be shattered. We preach about it. We like it. Like everybody else, Elijah was waiting for the Lord to talk to him in the wind. He was waiting that the Lord will talk to him through the earthquake. He was waiting that the Lord will talk to him. I mean, earthquake came. He's like, God, are you real? Are you really want to show up? Wind came by. I'm still standing here. I don't hear you. What's going on? And now, now came the earthquake. Are you serious? I'm waiting for you. I've heard about you parting the Red Sea and you helping the Israelites to cross over and all that stuff. But God, I'm waiting for you. What's going on? Are you late? Then came the fire. Elijah is still waiting patiently. Elijah is still waiting patiently. Sometimes God has to cancel all of our preconceived notions about who God is. For him to just show up to say, you expected me through a source, but I am not there. I am the God, not what of what you have thought so far. I am the God who created everything. And I will have my liberty to come in a way that you have never thought so. To talk to you, to encourage you. He's waiting for God to show up in the wind in the earthquake, in the fire, God does not show up. Elijah is waiting patiently. But the verse ends with, listen to First Kings chapter 19 verse 12. It says, after the earthquake came, a fire came. But the Lord was not in the fire. And then after the fire came a gentle whisper. And God spoke to Elijah. Sometimes we are too focused on God to talk to us in a loud, thunderous, you know, baritone voice. Oh, my son, I'm so pleased with you. We don't hear him. And we go in a season of depression just because we did not hear God the way we wanted to hear from him. And then he comes and talks to us in a gentle whisper. Brother says it doesn't matter what tone God takes or person God uses to talk to us. If it is God, just receive it. Then and there, it is the blessing of God. If he has used the flora and fauna of the universe, he can use anybody to talk to us. And when you hear this is the discern the voice of God and take it. That is the remedy for our season that we have been through. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I pray that in this cycle, in this season, that some of us are, we will hear from God. We will hear from God. That our, our ears are attentive. Oh, we, are, we, have, we have altered, we have frequency to hear. Hear from God. Listen, I want to I wanna, uh, take your attention to the next thing that I want to mention here is, God spoke to Elijah. We all got to that point, right? God spoke to Elijah. But listen, in a, sequel of, in a season of depression where Elijah is, after God spoke to Elijah, right? He strengthens Elijah. What does God give Elijah to do? He gives him another assignment. Elijah wanted to die. 
Elijah said, God, just kill me. I just want to die. I can't live anymore. I can't deal with these people anymore. I can't do this, Lord. I just want to die, right? And God gives him another, another assignment. Oh boy, you were wanting to die and quit. But God said, it is not done until I say it is done. Praise the Lord. Just because of your circumstances and your surroundings, whatever has happened to you, you thought everything is going down south and your life is going to be dead. No, brother. If God is not done with you, and if you are alive and beating right now, He is not done with you. Good news. You have another assignment, Elijah. There is something else God wants you to 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 accomplish how many people are in this room right now you say god i can't do anything more good news he's giving you another assignment <laughs> god says elijah first kings chapter 19 verse 15 to 16 you see the lord said to him go back the way you came You've been hiding in the cave for too long. Come out of your cave. And I prophesy into some people today. You've been hiding in your cave for too long. It's about time to step out of your cave. To hear from God and his voice. And his voice will strengthen you. And God says, Elijah, go back the way you came. I'm reading from 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 15 to 16. Go back the way you came. And go into the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Haziel, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son over Nimshi, king over Israel. And anoint. Some of you all, you all have a different way of pronouncing Old Testament name. Anybody else have troubles pronouncing Old Testament names? There is no right way of pronouncing Old Testament names. Okay, the way you pronounce is the right way. Let's go ahead. <laughs> also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shabbat, from Abel Meholah to succeed you as the prophet. Elijah, you have an assignment to do. It's not done. You're not done here, Elijah. There is more to do. If you are under my voice listening to me when whatever geographic location, wherever you are or you are in this building right now, I have a word that you've been battling with. You are not done. You're not done. There is an assignment for you. There is an assignment for you. And I sense in my spirit right now all that I had to mention here was, of course, you were in that season of depression. You are going through that. You're honest about your feelings that you are tired and you can't handle it anymore. But brother, sister, good news. He comes through not to leave you in that state, but to bring healing in your life. And some of you today, I declare, you're coming out of your cave in Jesus' name. You're coming out of your cave in Jesus' name. Because you have another assignment to do. And I pray, 
leaders will rise up in this church. It was such a beautiful sight yesterday when our, when our young kids were here and, and um, Jerry asked the kids to come surround and all the kids surrounded and Anne and uh, they were all praying for Anne. What a beautiful sight. I pray young leaders will rise up here. It's about time to step out of your cave. Step out of your cave. You will hear the voice of God. You have been isolating. Now, if you're listening to me and you are in, not in Dallas, but I highly recommend you join a church, be part of a church, and don't just attend any church, but be an ingredient of God's kingdom to be established through your churches. And I pray that with my church here too. Don't just come and attend. Anybody can come and attend. But now God has called each one of you. Step out of your cave. There is an assignment for you. Pastor, I don't know how to talk. It's okay. You know how to pray? Pastor, I cannot drive. That's okay. You have your prayer closet where you can come out of your cave mentality. Today is a time that God says, I have an assignment for, for you. Can I tell you something? Elijah anointed Elisha as the next prophet. Elijah did around 16 miracles that was noted. You know how many Elisha performed? Around 32. Written miracles. Double anointing. Double the miracles he provided, he, he performed. Why? Elijah decided to step out of the cave hear the voice of God and go anoint Elisha. I pray in my spirit right now that people who are listening to my message will not just take this as a 40 minute or 20 minute TED talk preaching, but you understand the truth behind it. And I'm praying with a bold conviction today. I want some of our families to step out of your cave mentality it's about time. Dallas will recognize the anointing and the calling that God has placed in you. If there's young families listening to me, husband and wife, brother, sister, God wants to do something great through your married life. God wants to do something great through your family. And I pray nations will see the light of Jesus through your hard work, through your work, through your ministry. There is an assignment for you. Can I have the worship team behind me? There is an assignment for, for you. Stephen, I want to prophesy into your life right now. God has brought you to this country. This is your first week here. I want to declare there is an assignment for you. There is an assignment for you. And every person seated here, Joe's uncle, you were just mentioning about going to Bible school. I want to prophesy into your life. It doesn't matter how old, how young. It just matters. What matters the most here is if you have a heart to stand for his word, he says, I will use you. I will use you. Some people I declare in the name of Jesus, this, this is your season to come out of your cave mentality. There is an assignment for you. There is an assignment for you. And I prophesy, right? There is an assignment for each of us here. To the young kids of our church, as you are growing up in this house, I pray there's an assignment for you that only you can do. Elijah, your assignment is yours. Go and anoint these people. 
Can we all rise up in God's house? Go and, and anoint these people for a work that they will do to establish my kingdom. God's angel stepped down and said, Get up and eat. For I have a great work through you. Listen, y'all. I love the portion in New Testament, Acts chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, where it talks to us about another portion where the angel of the Lord comes and visits somebody here. It's Peter. Peter is all, you know, bundled up in his shackles and he's lying in the corner of the cellar, crying in the, lying in the corner of this jail. And then immediately, he was sleeping immediately, the angel of the Lord showed up. The angel of the Lord showed up. Let me read that. And as you leave this house today, I want to encourage you with this word. Acts chapter 12, verse 6 to 8. This is how it goes. On the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with chains with sentries standing guard at the entrance to the prison. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He tapped Peter on the side and woke him up, saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his wrist. I love it. Suddenly, and the chains fell off his wrist. Get dressed, put on your sandals, said the angel. Peter did so. And the angel told him, wrap your clock around you and follow me. I love this portion in the New Testament where Peter was lying in the jail, almost to be killed. But the angel of the Lord steps into the scene and declares, it's not done until I say it is done. I have business with you, Peter. I have something more to be done through your life, Peter. It's not your time to die, but rise up right now. It's your time to walk out of this jail. It's your time to anoint you people. It's your time to establish more churches. It's your time to evangelize more. I love the portion. You know what happened? When Herod, took Peter as a captive. I love the portion where it says, but the church prayed. And when the church started to pray, the angel of the Lord appeared in the jail and released Peter. Can I declare in this house, when we pray, angels will come ministering. It's going to happen. There's some people, you're going to see an angelic visitation this season in your life. Through your prayer, in your homes, you're seeing the angelic visit. Oh, when the angel of the Lord comes, He does not come and just go. He comes to give you a message. Everything that was bound in your life is coming loosened in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what happens when the angel of God shows up. Father, I thank you for a time such as this. For as we gather together to worship you. And I declare your word. 
brother, sister, you are not alone. In a season of depression, the enemy will always try to make sure that you feel alone. There is nobody with you. You are doing life alone. Nobody to strengthen you. But under my voice today, I want to declare, brother, sister, my dear sisters, my dear family members, you are not alone. You are not alone today. You are not alone in ministry. You are not alone as a family. We stand together and the angelic host is with us. Thank you God for what you're doing in Jesus' name.